This 100th episode of Says Who is brought to you by you. You, our supporters on Patreon.com slash Says Who make all of this possible. So thank you. 100 thanks to you. That was a lot more ominous than I would have expected. It was cheerful. It was Mm. cheerful. Sure. We'll go with that. Hi. I'm Maureen Johnson. Welcome to the, I don't want to say end of summer because summer can't stop. Summer, forever. Summer, summer, summer. We're coming into the August part of summer. It's that period between you're lazing at the pool and you're maybe starting school, you fool. So you need some books. May I please recommend, I'm on my knees here, Truly Devious. It's a mystery book. The sequels of Any Shigster and the third book, The Hand on the Wall, is coming out in January. So um, it's going to be really cool. And it concludes the series. I hope you like it and all books. They love you. Books. Hi, everyone. This is Dan. It's the end of summer. Mm-mm. And that means it is the end of my summer road trip podcast, The Hitch. The last three episodes went up yesterday. You can get them at thehitchpodcast.com and listen back. Relive all of summer. 65 episodes of good times in the back of a trailer at thehitchpodcast.com. Hello, welcome to McDonald's. Can I take your order, please? Uh, yeah, I'll have a Coke. Okay. Uh, one hamburger. Perfect. Uh, small fry. Okay. Uh, you have an apple pie? Yeah, we have a delicious apple pie. Okay, I'll take uh, one apple pie. Perfect. What about milkshakes? You got milkshakes? Yeah, we have strawberry, chocolate, and vanilla. Cool. I'll take a hundred vanilla milkshakes. No. A hundred chocolate milkshakes. What? No, we just... A hundred... We were doing so well. You were just ordering one of everything. Do you have corn on the cob? We don't have I'll take a hundred corn on the cob. No, this is Um, not... I guess a hundred pizzas. And um, we don't. Oh boy! I'm not going to. uh, I'm not going to pull up. You'll just uh, bring them out to me and hop in the hop in the passenger seat. But yeah, hey kid. I can. I can. I don't like you. You know, life's funny sometimes. No. And sometimes you find that you're. uh, You've done something. Something weird. Something maybe you didn't mean to do. Maybe. Maybe it just started something and things things got out of hand. You didn't know how it was going to go down. And uh, you end up doing that thing a hundred times. A hundred times. That's a lot of times, kid. That's triple digit That's, times. That is a lot of times. It sure is, kid. Sure is. A hundred times. You don't know. We don't know why we do the things in this life. We start things and then... You get in too deep. You swim, and you think the water's too shallow, but it's not, kid. The water's deep. It's deep, and it's full of weird shit. Can Can I ask you a question? Yeah, kid. Why don't you just stop? There is no stop, kid. You think you could stop? You think we could just stop this train now? No, kid, you gotta ride it the whole way through. The way out is through, kid. Now get in the car. Bring those pizzas. 
I don't have pizza. I don't care. I love you. Uh... Welcome to the hundredth episode of Says Who, the podcast that is a hundred not a podcasts. I am Maureen 100 Johnson. And I am Dan Sinker, 100 style. Oh, Maureen! 100 episodes for something that is definitely still is not supposed to exist right now. Well, yeah, it's uh, for those of you that did not join us back in 2016. Is that when we started? Sure shit is, Dan. <laughs> this... right, right around this time. Right around this time three yeah. years ago. The beauty the beauty of this being our 100th episode today is we are just mere weeks away from our three-year anniversary episode. Yep. We get to drag ourselves through this murky history twice. But uh, we started as an eight-episode podcast. A little eight thing. Eight episodes. Just a, a little... little... Limited thing. Dan said, come on, we'll do eight episodes. It'll be fun. <laughs> yeah, it'll be fun. We'll fit it into our lives. It's just eight. We can make that happen. Eight and eight weeks. Come on. Two months. Everyone's got two months. Yeah. And once a week. And and I'll, he said, this is he, he says to me, I'll get great guests. He did. We'll just do one thing a week to ask people to explain the coverage of this upcoming election, which will turn out just fine. <laughs> yep. Pretty much the pitch. Whose fault is this? Mine. Yes, that's right. It is my fault, Maureen. (laughs) Now we're trapped Phantom Zone style inside this podcast. It is like we have built a prison for ourselves. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I do believe, however, it was my fault that this thing started. Yeah. But I do believe that when everything went south in the election and we were trying to figure out what to what to do, since there were a lot of people listening at that point and they were like, we don't want you to wrap it up. We need you now. You were like, well, we'll do it until Trump's out of office. And I believe <laughs> you said that won't take very long. How dare you? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, my word. My word, Maureen Johnson. Did I I say that? Yeah, I do believe that your idea was, we'll just do it till he's out. Mm. It Mm. won't last much past the spring. (sighs) Dan, um, can I tell you about my uh, week last week? Sure. Specifically, a really short segment of my week last week. (laughs) Yes. Well, Dan, uh, last weekend... I was at LeakyCon. Yeah, in Texas, right? In Texas. And uh, we, we didn't talk about this because you we couldn't record because uh, Dan was bringing home his trailer. Yeah, we got waylaid in uh, behind some rain in Nebraska and ended up throwing our week off. So apologies for missing last week. Yeah, Dan was literally trying to drag a large metal home through yeah. America back to his own home. Indeed. Took a little we, longer than we thought. And we didn't want him to crash or sit outside a pyramid or die in a or car. Or just 
My main concern by the point we finally got back was if we were to record, I would simply sleep on the recording for the entire duration. <laughs> well, in the interim, I, I went to LeakyCon, which is a wonderful con that I have in the past was a large part of uh, in terms of running. I ran the lit track for a couple of years. They are my very good friends. I was and I went back for the first time in four years because I had to stop doing it when I got sick. And I have tr- I returned in triumph and joy, and it was yeah. great. It was super fun. I flew down to Dallas. However, did you have people like hold a chair on a platform and walk you in? I should have. You should have. It was pretty good, though. I have to say, it was. Yeah. It, was, it felt. It felt good. And I, I, I may. I may be doing another one in Boston. Oh. The ten. The ten year anniversary. So. Anyway, Dan, uh, I fl- it was a Thursday night. I don't live far from LaGuardia Airport, which is our local airport here for the domestic flights in New York. Everyone's favorite, beautiful LaGuardia. The thing about LaGuardia is that it's much closer if you live in the city. All the others take about an hour or so to get to, but LaGuardia takes like a half an hour. So I get in the car. I have a 5.30 flight. (laughs) I get in the car at 3. This is more than enough time. (laughs) It is buckets of time. For a domestic flight to Dallas. Yeah, you just got to kind of go over a bridge and down a highway. So maybe like 3.15 I get in the car. It's plenty of time. I have like fast pass. I've got pre-clear. I've got, I was flying fancy. Actually, I was was flying first class. It was one of those things you could upgrade for like 60 bucks and get a billion more miles. And I was like, Uh, yes, I would like to upgrade for $60 and get a billion more miles. So, and I think something in the back of my head was like, you may need this. So- Turns out I did. I get to, I get in the car. Two hours later, I am still in the car. Oh my goodness! Sitting right in a kind of traffic, in a kind of a post-apocalyptic scenario outside of LaGuardia, where people are just like crying and gnashing their teeth. People and children and families are getting out of cars on the highway and dragging oh, no. their suitcases oh, no. across highways and large construction sites. I don't know oh, what's good. I don't know what's happening. But I thought for the first I've never missed a flight, Dan, in my life. Yeah. I fly a lot and I have never missed a plane ever. It's like a thing with me. I have just I'm on that fucking plane. And I'm like, I'm gonna miss my first plane. I don't know how this happened. I actually get into LaGuardia at five fifteen. Your flight I was run five thirty, you said? Five thirty. I'm oh, like, well, I'm not gonna man. make it, but no. I'm gonna throw myself at this plane. So I get in there, I bust through the lines, I drag, I meant to check my suitcase, I just drag the thing through, I don't know what I've got in it, water <laughs> balloons and <laughs> propane tanks, I can't remember what the fuck I've got in there, but I'm like, I'm just taking it, I get it through <laughs> somehow, like, I don't, I mean, I, I didn't have that many propane tanks in there, just two or three, so I get, I get through, I find the, I run, I'm uh, 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 get to the gate, and it's a little delayed, for like 15 minutes, I've made it. What? I was like, I can go to the bathroom. This is oh, great. No. So I go to the bathroom. I come back. Everything's still fine. And then it's like, oh, 15 more minutes. And I was like, maybe I could get like something. No, what to are eat. you doing? Just stay. Oh, no. <laughs> I could get something to eat oh, no. because there won't be any food on the plane. But the thing is, <laughs> no. they have the food right there at the gate. No. They do. Well, you don't have to move. So you hit the little key, you hit the, they have these iPads and they just order the food and they bring it right to you. And I was like, I will get hummus 
in a to-go container. So they bring over this $17 hummus to-go container, which is a box with a slump of hummus in it and some bread angrily thrown at it. <laughs> and I'm like hugging my package. I'm like, I have my hummus. I made my flight. I peed. Everything's great. I may even have time to fill my water bottle. So I fill my oh. water bottle. Dan, I'm still God fine. Damn it. <laughs> I'm so upset and I don't even know where the story's going. They delay it for 15 more minutes. I'm like, I probably have time. No. <laughs> to stop at the Hudson News to get something. Oh, no. I go to Hudson News. I come back. I'm still fine, Dan. Still oh. fine. And then I'm like, I should maybe just sit and eat this hummus <laughs> and order an iced tea or something. For here. Oh, no. And I do that. And it's fine. And you know um, why it's fine, Dan? Because it isn't your plane. Nope. Oh. Because there's no crew. The crew cannot get to the airport. The crew is somewhere out on the road. So no. so we're uh, we're waiting. We're waiting. And around us, the cancelings begin to happen. Every yeah. plane starts going down. They're like, the plane's been out on the tarmac too long. We're bringing it back. We're bringing it back. We're bringing it back. And I was like, huddled over my $17 of anger hummus and everything's <laughs> going wrong. And I was like, I, don't, I think I'm going home. I don't think this is happening. And the final, like, you are going to have a plane, you motherfuckers. So at 7.30, we all board the plane. Get on the plane. Everything's fine, Dan. I'm like, I made it. I can't believe it. Everything's great. Hey, as we're starting to slowly back away from the jet bridge, why did all of the airport employees just come out? Why are they standing like that? Why do they all have their phones out? What are they photographing just out of my sight behind us somewhere? They're oh, all taking no. a lot of pictures of something. I what? wonder what it is. Oh, no. what? So now all I know is that something behind us has made every employee in that area come outside <laughs> on the sky bridge and all take photos at once so i'm okay. like godzilla right so <laughs> it turns out that what they're taking a photo of is a kind of ghostbusters like thunderdome cloud that has so suddenly good. emerged in a sudden column. It is pink and green and every color known to man. It is fucking wild looking. I look on Twitter. Everybody in New York is like, look at this guy. It's insane. <laughs> and I'm on a plane, man, <laughs> sitting on a tarmac full of planes when the lightning strikes start coming down all around us. Fachum, fachum, like God's lightning bolts hitting all over the place. And the pilot's like, oh, yeah, we are. We're not going anywhere. So. <laughs> we sit on that goddamn plane den for two and a half hours wow not doing anything like a but i have it i get i'm in a fancy class i was like i will watch a movie because they played the movies yeah but i didn't bring my nice headphones because i'm like who needs that i don't have room for that in my bag it turns out that's the only way you can watch the movie so um I watched the movie through the little weird headphones that they give me. Everything sounds like this. <laughs> but I watched the French Connection because I'm no dummy and I love the French Connection. So <laughs> finally we take off. But the weather is so crazy, Twilight Zone bad, that the staff can't get up for the first two hours of the flight. 
Oh, man. So we can't get water or anything like that. And we've been on this plane now for a pretty good long while. So somewhere around 11 p.m., they could get up and give us a ginger ale. And they start serving dinners. They have nothing vegetarian. I'm like, do you have a salad? They're like, yes. They're like, but it has chicken on it. And I'm like, do you have anything? And they come over and they angrily throw some Cheez-Its at me. And so I sit there and I nibble <laughs> on my Cheez-Its like a weirdo and watch the French Connection and Jaws. I watch Jaws. I watch wow. Jaws. And I found myself really rooting for the shark. Also, every problem in that in that movie is avoidable. Oh, the, 100%. Like, I don't, I don't think I've ever watched Jaws like beginning to end. And I was like, all of this could have been avoided. Yeah. None of this had to happen. We watched Jaws like last fall for the uh, with our with our then thirteen year old now fourteen year old and stupid. Uh, it's a stupid it movie. It is. It is a movie where every complication is like, hey, what's the dumbest thing I could do in this situation? I'm gonna do that. Honestly, I believe that the Says Who Movie Club should watch Jaws because I did not know how stupid it was. No, I mean, it, that is definitely a movie that like loomed large in the childhood of anyone sort of in our age bracket. Sure. Uh, but boy, that is a dumb movie. I remember playing with the Jaws game, which was a toy plastic Jaws, where you had to fish, <laughs> you got a hook and you had to fish stuff out of its mouth, like tires and boots and stuff, and hope that it didn't close on you. That was a real toy. Anyway, as we're on the plane, I notice my the left side of my face starts to hurt a lot. Like I can't even open my mouth to oh, eat my God. anger my anger Cheez-Its. Oh, no. I'm like, what is wrong with my face? And I start kind of I kind of rub it like to massage the side of the I'm doing it now just to kind of get my jaw to open. And so finally I'm like trying to eat my anger Cheez-Its. I can barely get my mouth open because clearly the muscles on the one side of my face are seizing up. It's really weird. I don't know what's going on, but I don't care because I'm watching Jaws and I'm super tired. Anyway, I get to Dallas. We land. I wander around trying to find where you get in the car. I get in the car. I get to the airport or I get to the hotel. It's like one in the morning now. Yeah. I was supposed to be there like eight o'clock at night or something or seven or nine o'clock at night for to start my events in the morning. Fine. I'm here. I'm at the front desk. I'm hungry. And I look around and they have these little cups of gummy worms. And I'm like, I'm pretty hungry. I'm going to take one of these gummy worms. And it's they're soft. They're not that sticky kind of chewing on it i'm like finally i'm here i'm just there at the front desk stand and my tooth falls out of my mouth <laughs> jesus christ just while i'm standing there at the desk super cash dan <laughs> plink out pops a molar see i guess what was happening was i was clenching the one side of my jaw maybe grinding my teeth which is something that may we may be doing in the last three years and I ground them or squeezed it so hard, I popped off a crown and spit out a tooth at the hotel reception desk. <laughs> so when you ask about the 100th episode and how we feel and how things are, you know, um, what, what should we, what have we learned? What have we, where are we, where, uh, I guess, well, before I guess we do that, I guess we have to cover the last two weeks of news. Do we, though? Yeah. Do we? Do we really? Because I was putting together notes for this episode. Mm. And it is real. Like, you look at two weeks and you realize just how everything is going to fucking shit. 
Mm. Like the economy is poised to crash super soon. And it's now as clear as it ever could be that Trump, who has taken every single fucking piece of credit for the economy that Obama set up, is going to blame every and anyone else for it. Even though it is largely crashing because of his fucking shitty trade deals and tax cuts and inability to do a single goddamn thing. He's getting more unhinged on Twitter, just retweeting conspiracy theories and fucking white supremacists. He's picking fights with Ilan Omar and Rashida Tlaib, which is then spilling over into like real world shit where they're getting banned from going to fucking Israel. And then even while things are shitty... They're also getting absurd. We have a multi-day news cycle somehow where we have to consider that the president wants to buy Greenland (laughs) and that the mooch is somehow fucking relevant again. It is too much, Maureen. So fuck it. Counterpoint. We do have to talk about some stuff. (laughs) Do we? We well, I mean, we did have uh, on my on the flight home from Dallas. I I got a little internet uh, only to. Fu- Why do you keep doing this to yourself on flights? Don't get the internet on flights. It's your one moment in the air mm. of peace. Mm. Mm. Well, while I was on that flight, there was a large shooting. Well, you're really bringing it up. Okay. I mean. There was. was It was in El Paso. I was like, oh, that's horrific. And then I got home, went to bed, woke up. Hold on, hold on. Stop, 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 stop. We we talked about this already. We did? Yeah, this was not your flight from Dallas. This was your flight back from England. Oh, I'm sorry. (laughs) It's okay. I I don't want to do this one again. Oh, I thought this was... Dan, this is how bad it is, is that I don't know. Oh, no. I have events running through my head on a loop. Oh, God. I could see myself on the plane. Well, that explains why I woke up at four in the morning. Oh, my God. I guess I guess my confusion was those flights were four days apart. So... I just remember myself being on a plane and I guess I flew back on a Sunday and then I flew again on a Thursday. So I was like, I just knew I was yeah. on a plane. In between those four days, we recorded episode 99 of Says Who. Okay, cool. I don't know what the fuck's going on. Oh, okay. Well, you want this? Uh, no. I'm going to give it to you. I don't think one of, one of the things that broke my brain the other day is that Trump retweeted this little video that someone made. That was him at a podium, just kind of looking stupid and nodding. And it said Trump 2020, and then it changed to Trump 24, 28, yeah. 32, 36. And it just went on and on. And um, into like Trump 3000s. Yeah. And he retweeted it. And I was like, I, I don't, I don't, I don't think my brain works anymore. I think I'm broken. I think I just broke. I think. I think I just broke. Maureen. What? We have done this for a hundred episodes. I know. I know. And we asked listeners any questions they have for us for this auspicious 
episode 100. Mm-hmm. And you know what? We got a lot of them. Well, let's hit it. Should we hit it? Let's do yeah. it. On Patreon, Nicole asked us, if you could talk to your 2016 selves, what advice would you give them? <sighs> Hydrate. Mm. I don't know that I could convince that Maureen that this is where we're at. <laughs> yeah, no shit. No shit. Holy fuck. Yeah. Um, I would say I would say this. Watch your intake of media and be aware of what kind of person these events could make you if you weren't kind of taking care that times are making us angry and tense. And I, I realized spoiling for a fight a lot is what my feeling, because I was trying to really get to the grips of, for example, I was on Facebook the other day looking at those couple people in high school that are super racist and crazy. And I'm really, I dig deep and I stare at their comments and I think, why, why? And I think about it far too long. And I try to figure out what it is I'm looking for, what I expect to gain from the activity of looking at it and the there's just an urge to do something and i don't know i guess i just want to fight them yeah to stop them and i'm like my i can't just spoil for a fight that's not the correct thing to do that's not useful yeah i mean i think probably i have a similar Similar bit of advice for me three years ago, which is just like the anger alone is not sustainable. Yeah. You know, like that was certainly for a good long while. It was just like, I'm so fucking mad. And figuring out what happens after you are just fucking mad is uh, is, I think, a thing that 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 I struggled with for sure. And that uh, this podcast helped a lot with. Yeah. Yeah. And I I I was starting to read the 1619 project. Yeah. It took me a day or two because of my my password. I do have a subscription, but <laughs> I could not get the thing to just I could not I was like, yeah. it's my password. It's not your password. It's my password. It's not my password. And finally it's like, oh, it is your password. I'm like, I oh, know it's my fucking password. Let me read this. And I started reading it and I just realized, I'm like, wow, how much people of color have kept it together for yeah. so long. Forever. And I'm yeah. like, if they can do it, I sure as shit should be able to do it. Yeah. This is this is very, very true. It is a remarkable thing to read. I mean, I, I don't I I would say maybe read one of those essays a day because they're a lot. Yeah, it's it's a it's a dense it is a dense, tough thing, but boy, it is a it is a remarkable piece of of editorial for sure. Yeah, it's like they've I, decided to make a they decided to write a book. They decided to just go out and make this. It's kind of an yeah. amazing. It is an amazing achievement. I mean, just yeah. Let's let's lighten it up, Maureen. Oh, what do you mean, Dan? Wasn't that I light? Know. I know. With a, with another question 
Scott asks on Twitter, are the McDonald's kids slash jaded Trump staffers skits scripted? And also on Twitter, Anastasia said that she would like to hear a little bit about how you write the intros to the show and how we collaborate on scripts, etc. First of all, skits? I don't know what you're talking about. We just record those two people. <laughs> um, so yeah, when did that so what the first when did McDonald's meet, kid When did we meet that, McDonald's kid? That was when Trump had the buffet of fast food. Mm-hmm. Someone had to go over and get it. Yeah. And uh and no, not none of that stuff is scripted. Usually <laughs> what happens, we put together uh notes. We and there's all you say we, we. well Dan you know. Dan puts together notes. I put together show notes, which are largely sort of just a an outline of things that happened in the past week to discuss. And there's always a section that is says something like intro, text goes here. <laughs> and then uh, we get together and then there's always this moment where like, oh, well, shit, what do we do for the intro? We used to. I believe that we used yeah. to do a whole scripting thing. Early episodes mm. were entirely scripted. And boy, if you reach back and listen, you can hear it. Yeah. Yeah. We, we wrote everything. That was crazy. Literally everything. That was a lot of work. I was like, well, this is unsustainable. <laughs> Very. <laughs> Very much so. Uh, but no, the intros. So today is a good example. You, um, you know, we we got on and it was like, oh, shit, what do we do for the intro? And then it was like, you were like, well, do we do the McDonald's kid? And I was like, sure, what are we doing? And then there was an awkward pause. And then I was like, it's the 100th episode. How about the guys ordering 100 of everything? And then we just go. <laughs> Damn, you're not supposed to tell everybody this. Why not? You know, it's a mix of of just kind of talking it through and then things get shortened up in edit, I would say. <laughs> That's also what? done by Dan. That's also done by Dan. Well, sure. Dan does all of the work. Uh, former guest and amazing person, Kat Crimson, asked us on Twitter, Dan, have you ever injured yourself laughing on the show, especially at Amy Carter's shoe? And Maureen, what is the greatest number of times you have said Dan in a single episode? Apparently, I say Dan a lot. <laughs> you do. Mm. You do. What's your name? It is. That's a, that's how I know you're talking to me and not the voices in your head. Mm. Uh, I laugh a lot. The funniest thing to me about me laughing on the show is... Uh, when I'm editing the show, we will reach a point where I'm laughing on the show and I will be laughing exactly like I am laughing on the show while editing the show. And then if I am listening back to the show, I will also laugh in the same exact spot. So it turns out I'm a very simple person and I'm equally entertained by something every time I hear it. Whereas I was actually injured once on the show when my dog jumped into my face. <laughs> this is true. And I I certainly did not do myself any favors this summer when I was cooking myself in a car recording mm. the show. Yeah. I mean, I had the puppy pen. The, the, the day that she jumped up to play and, and landed, <laughs> launched right directly into my mouth. <laughs> that Maybe time that I helped actually- loosen up a tooth. I really did think I was going to maybe lose a front too. She hit me with some force. <laughs> it was it was surprising. 
And my lip did swell up. And then later, I think it was later that, was it later that week that I got hit in the face with a door? Yeah, I think at, so. Yeah. I get in, like, weird stuff happens to me. And I honestly, I just feel like I'm like a kind of Mr. Magoo character. Just kind of stuff happens. It does, it does seem like there's something of a chaos vortex that swirls around you. I feel, well, when I was going to LeakyCon, when I was tweeting about what's happening they're like maureen's coming she's bringing her energy with her like that's just a, like a kind of force i bring with me yeah so yeah uh so we got a bunch of different questions about the end of the podcast mm. and uh the not because they want it to end but because they're curious about the end the mm. end of the podcast as we stated uh early in the show has always been when trump is out now, how we define that <laughs> keeps keeps being stymied by the fact that apparently there's no way to get him out of office. But mm. um, but uh, Patreon backer Melissa asked, looking forward with much optimism and acknowledging that it's far away to 2020. How do you envision the podcast ending? Another live stream, a post-election recap, a highlight reel, a Disney live event. I've enjoyed every episode. And I'll be sad to see you go. But on the other hand, it'll mean good things. I I think we're talking a very literal Nixon. There's a helicopter on the White House lawn. And he gets it in and flies away. Man, you are still so optimistic. I mean, when his when his physical form departs the White House for the last time. Ah. Yes. Okay. You mean it could be on inauguration day, twenty twenty one. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, that's certainly that's certainly the end of it. I think. So my fourteen year old this summer, we were actually talking about the end of says who. Uh, oh, the or, other or you part... know what? Or if it's fifteen years from now, he drops dead in office. You know, that's the day. <laughs> Can you imagine? <laughs> Can you imagine? Fifteen. 15- can you imagine? Kinda. Oh, Welcome to episode one thousand of Says Who. Yeah. Because Dan, I assume you've already done the mental math that if he's making it through to the next oh. election and he loses, I don't think he's yeah. going to leave. Well, I mean, that's certainly. I I would not be at all proposing that the last episode is the episode after election day assuming that he loses right like i think that it certainly goes to inauguration day at which point i would certainly say we record an inauguration day episode at disney world okay hold on a second then i just want to just go over what you said you think he may win next year sure i think there is a very strong chance unfortunately and that we should continue this until um, Inauguration Day and stop. No, I'm saying if he loses, that we would not. Ah. That, that we would, I, I would not feel comfortable saying, oh, cool, he lost. Everything's great. I see. And and he's gone. Come January, we can wrap it up. Right? Like, I would want, I want to see that body. Yeah, you. I want to see him physically, someone else move in. Yeah, Exactly. If he and loses, then, if he yeah. loses, Dan, and he's got to lose. 
He's got to lose. He, but if he's not already gone, yeah. If he loses, what kind of crazy shit is he going to do between early November and the end of December? It is going to be fucking bananas. He is going to shit in every corner of that building. Oh, without I a mean, doubt. I mean, literally. I could, I could see him burning it down. I could see him starting a war. <laughs> yeah. 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 It will be, it will make everything else look like a nice, comfortable walk in the park. I think that, <laughs> what am I about to say? I don't know, but I'm worried. With that setup, I'm worried. I think that we're now in August 2019. If, if he's not gone, just what? August 2020? Uh, yeah. We, let me just, just put a little fact out there. To, the other day, <laughs> apropos of nothing, I finally did something that had been kind of lingering in the back of my mind. I was like, you know what? You should really just finally just order those safety supplies you've been meaning to get. Oh, boy. And I ordered some water storage things and some like safety, like just kind of safety stuff you're supposed to have around. And I made a kind of safety bag, like a like a kind of emergency, not even the go bag that has all the stuff in it, but literally it has emergency supplies in it. Like yeah. a, a portable first aid kit, emergency blankets, rope, um, you know, tarps and things like that. Just because I was like, but I should have these things. I should really, I should, oh, I should that's have. good. Now, granted, it is hurricane season and we have needed some of these things before. Yeah. I've been in a few disasters, both natural and man-made in New York City. I've been through a couple. Do you remember in our lifetime when it's hurricane season and I live in New York City, we're not linked concepts? Uh, yeah. Although I also grew up on a creek near here and we always had hurricane season. We had giant floods. Like we have had water in our house multiple times and yeah. been evacuated. So I think that always in the back of my head, it's like duct tape, rope, like secure the windows, the power may go out, hand cranked radio, like I have all those things. So your safety bag brings mm. us to another question. Uh, we have always said, says who is not a podcast, it's a coping strategy. And Nicole on Patreon asks, in all seriousness, how do you cope with the bullshit that's going on? I think that I do this, and like this is therapy. I realize that yeah. my accountability to you is a thing where every week I have to really face my feelings about what's happening. Yeah. I mean, I honestly, like, I remember it was, you actually are the one that was like, what if the taglines, it's not a podcast, it's a coping strategy. I think it was when we were writing the like teaser, mm. um, you, you came up with that and it was like, ha ha that's funny, but boy, it's fucking true. <laughs> yeah. It is definitely true. I mean, even so like, this week, or I guess it's been two weeks, with um with moving back to our home from our trailer, and then um the the job that I work has been real intense, and so I have been more checked out on news than than normal, and even just the like the act of compiling news is 
helpful to me, you mm. know, because it, yeah, I think accountability is actually a great phrase, you know, that there is an accountability of like, okay, these things, ha- like it forces, it's a check on me to make sure that I know that these things happen, right? Um, which I find is is important in order to cope. Like I don't cope by being like, oh, la, 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 I don't hear it all, right? Like I definitely need to s- stare it down. And then being able to talk through it, I don't know what I would be doing. Like I would be, I would be very fetal without it. These times are going to change us. And I think it's up to us to make a decision about what kind of change we're going to experience. Yeah. And we could be, it could drive us into despair and anger and punching each other. And um, it can drive us into bad mental health habits. It can drive us into all kinds of really dark corners. Or we could say, I have to come out of this a new person and kind of facing like a brighter new future that we have made out of hard times. Yeah, like, which these is- These are hard to, lessons. Yeah. I mean, it's not to say that those dark corners can be avoided either. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that, um, you know, one of the things that has been I think been interesting if you are a longtime listener of this podcast. And in fact, uh, should shout out to to a listener, Anastasia, who uh, actually just listened to every episode of Says Who and uh, wrote up a, a guide to them on the internet, which is <laughs> amazing. amazing. Yeah, and it is an amazing little guide. Talks about like when all of the various inside jokes and things like that came out. But But one thing that I think a lot about is like, this is again in relation to these dark corners like this these three years have not been easy years for us personally either you know and there have been lots of dark moments over the course of these three years whether they are trump induced or whether they are life induced and i think that acknowledging them like we we talked about all of them um Uh, on the show, you know, sort of acknowledging those moments, acknowledging when things are hard, you know, um, and being able to talk through it is, is helpful. Just being like, I got to be a better person um, without being like, but I also need to address the fact that shit is hard is, um, is important. Yeah. No. Yeah. I mean, we've definitely done this depressed, sick in crisis. Like we've, yeah. Yeah. There are a lot. It is it has not been an easy couple of years uh for either of us and um and yeah you know yet this has been i mean i remember at one point like i i was having well I mean, my dad was literally dying and you wrote and you were like we can skip this week and i was like i think if i skip this week i will never do it again you know like i have to do this week mm. like again sort of an accountability thing it was just like i got to i got to do it like if i if i if i pause this one thing in my life because it's you know because this shit's happening uh then it, it all kind of crumbles apart <laughs> that was definitely how i felt at the time because the answer is other people and i think that's the big yeah. one of the big lessons that i when i say decide in a positive way. I'm like, I can't go on believing things were like I thought they were. I yeah. can't go on accepting things so easily. I have to, you know, 
for example, reading things like the 1619 Project, that has a lot of stuff about, like the one I was reading last night was about how basically a form of American capitalism is predicated on a slave on the slavery economy and the specific ways in which that's true. Yeah. And I am not uh, an economist. So there were a lot of concepts in there that, you know, it's are new to me because I don't know the specifics of how plantations were run and how those, you know, it's, it's a fascinating, yeah. but I've learned a lot and, and really come to grips with a lot of what, what we've made and what the assumptions were about what we had to t accept. Yeah. Yeah. And, and who people are. Um, because some people have really proven to be remarkable in wonderful ways too. And I'll, yeah. yeah, and I've, and I, and yeah, I have been really disappointed in a lot of people, but I have to, <laughs> I'm glad to say, they're usually not people I know very well. <laughs> right. I mean, yeah, I think times of crisis test people, you know, and you certainly see, you certainly see what they're made of. Awesome. <laughs> uh, let's, let's, let's reach to uh re reoccurring character amy carter's shoe mm. of which we got a bunch of questions mm -hmm. um the the most non-fantasy based is was amy carter's shoe a complete improvisation i don't understand the question amy carter's shoe introduced herself to us <laughs> one day when we were talking about trump having a meeting in the it was yeah. It was when he spent winter break in at the White House alone, and that he was having meetings with you know a mop and a bucket. Yeah, and a discarded shoe from child first child Amy Carter from right. the uh, from the late seventies. And she stepped forward, and she <laughs> she just emerged fully formed. She did. She just kind of started <laughs> she really talking. Did she really did? She's not funny. That was, That's the thing. <laughs> she's very funny. I the, somebody somebody else asked. Uh, uh, let me find it so I can credit them. Because correctly. Dan, I have heard recordings of her talking, and she says a lot of incredibly profane things. <laughs> she really does. Uh, Twitter user the abandoned carousel asked us what is the most memorable moment of doing the podcast, and I have to say, the emergence of Amy Carter's shoe was truly one of the most. <laughs> Like jaw-droppingly shocking things that has ever occurred mm. on this podcast. She she uses strong language. I don't she know does. half the stuff that she's talking about. <laughs> I've never heard those words. <laughs> it was it was a remarkable moment. Were you are you surprised? I mean, some people think she sounds like me, and she doesn't. But are you surprised at some of the things she comes out with? Without a doubt. <laughs> I don't know that there's ever been a point where Amy Carter she says something, and I'm not surprised. Mm. <sighs> uh there's another there's another question, which is who is your favorite reoccurring character on the show? Mine is certainly Amy Carter's shoe. And uh, mine is uh certainly the kid. 
you you really like the kids. See, it's funny because mm. you're like Amy Carter Shoe. She's not funny. I don't I don't get the appeal of the of the drive through kid. He's just a great kid. He's just a kid <laughs> trying his best. He is trying his best. He's just trying his best, Dan. <laughs> he is all of us just trying his best, just trying to exist in this fucking world. He's just showing up and he keeps showing up. That's the thing about him. That's why the passenger likes him so much. <laughs> because he, by the way, that person is a passenger. That person doesn't oh. drive. Oh. That, person, that person is in the back of a car. Oh man, my mental model has to totally change now. I uh-huh. always so he is like leaning out and toward the mic from from not the driver's seat of the car. Well, the, the driver pulls up right. so that that person, yeah, so that oh, they that pulls she can, for, Okay, mm-hmm, got yeah. it. I like it. Although I be, maybe at times they they have driven the car, you know, if they've had to go in the middle of the night or something, because <laughs> there are some desperate desperate things that happen. Um, but uh, that she sees something in that kid, like the the spark, the drive, the the cheerfulness, the pluck. Uh, uh, a, a different reoccurring thing not a character but uh, we had two different questions uh, both paid, Kate on Patreon and Twitter user The Abandoned Carousel which is a good name uh, asked if either of us are still playing Stardew Valley which the, the thing that was funny about that question to me is like we have done this for so long now that there are like themes and arcs that once were very central to everything and now have come, you know, have 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 gone to the wayside some. And Stardew Valley certainly played a very central role in in this podcast for a bit. I the video I game not. Stardew Valley for those that are unfamiliar. I have a feeling maybe in the fall or winter I'll start again because I I have a real dislike of no, I don't want to say that. I'm trying to be more positive about short days. <laughs> <laughs> and if, if winter or short nights are getting to me sometimes I'm like I need a little trip to Stardew so yeah. I, it, I realized that I tended to kind of go to that like in the winter yeah there is something very wintry about it I um so Started what sometime last year introduced a multiplayer option mm. and uh we, we had not that. played yeah we should we had not played stardew in quite a while and then they introduced multiplayer and then me and janice and our 14 year old started a shared farm um and we played that pretty uh obsessively this past spring and into the early summer but you need a solid internet connection and so when we left on our uh on our travels, we had to put it aside, but we have talked about coming back to our farm. And playing it with other people is like totally changes the game because it allows for everyone to kind of do the thing that they like best. You know, like right. uh, the 14 year old sort of walks around solving the social like puzzles of the game and Janice goes into the mines and kills uh, kills things and I just tend to farm. I just oh, obsessively I, grow crops. I love to go to the mines. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I don't uh, want to talk to those people. I do no. not want to. No, I have no interest. They're weird. 
They have strange agendas. They want weird stuff. <laughs> Pam's an alcoholic. I don't want to enable her. Um, and I, frankly, a lot of stuff they do is odd. And <laughs> that's all I have to say about the matter. <laughs> uh, I think we have time for one more question. Uh, Gabriella on Twitter asks, what is your favorite coping strategy aside from the podcast? More podcasts. Um, dog, <laughs> dog, my dog who yeah. is in the kitchen. I was a little late today cause I had to take her for a pee. Uh, my little nugget is six months old. Um, she is not entirely housebroken. You know, there we, we still have accidents. So, the minute she wakes up from a nap, you got to get that leash on her and out the door because she will be within the first five <laughs> minutes. And it's up to you to harness that moment. <laughs> so she woke up right before we recorded. I was like, sorry, I got to take her. I just got to take her outside because like this is 100% happening. And it did, which is good. I'm trying to teach her like this is what we do. We go outside um, because she usually goes outside, but she's also like, oh, I guess we're not going outside. So I'll just do it right here. Like she doesn't understand yet that that's not the thing to do. Yeah. So. And you said other podcasts. What podcasts, Maureen? Drop drop some knowledge on no, the people. I listened, I listened to so many, Dan. Like um, I love the dollop and I love the worst idea of all time. And I love the history chicks. And I, I do listen to those bros, but. It's a little more patchy now. I don't listen to all of them. Um, I listen to a lot of true crime. I listen to my favorite murder. Actually, tonight I'm doing an exciting thing. Yeah. Um, one of the people that is my favorite murder adjacent, Billy Jensen, who uh, is a true crime writer slash citizen detective. And he is doing an event tonight at Barnes and Noble Union Square for his new book, Chase Darkness with Me, which is about uh, crowdsourcing and how do people lay people solving crimes and he was like hey you want to host it and I was like fuck yeah I do so I'm going to be the host of that event tonight which by the time you hear this will have already happened but I'm really excited I'm excited and I'm super excited that's awesome crime. I want to solve crime <laughs> I want to solve is... crime so bad well I mean do it all right become the hang a shingle all right Marie right, Johnson, lady detective. Look, I could do it if I wanted to. Um, it is so it does feel like you and many people kind of descended into the world of true crime uh, with uh, over the last three years. And my coping strategy has been different. I've talked about this uh, before. I think I talked about it when I just first started. But uh, this is one of those ones that has not ebbed and flowed, but instead has only gotten more intense. I watch a lot of professional wrestling now. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and I think that honestly, sort of the same way people are like, I want to descend into murder. Um, yeah, I, it, is, it is a good coping strategy to watch people get the shit beat out of them that deserve it. That is the best I can come up with. But boy, I, I, I enjoy watching it. A lot um that and listen to podcasts and um and yeah i you know i have two children so hanging out with them is a is is a coping strategy though sometimes you need a coping strategy from hanging out with them so there's that but uh 
But yeah, Maureen. Yeah. We have done a hundred episodes of Says Who. You know what another coping strategy is, is just having like a good meal with friends. Yeah. And, you know, just cooking and getting together. And But sometimes I want to do that, but I don't have a lot of time. So what I do instead. Shit. God damn it. Is I get a something called Blue Apron. And Fuck. for the low price of eighty nine ninety nine a box. It's been months, Maureen. I will get a box, a, bro- a giant box. And it will have like Damn a it. single sprit of mint and a Fuck grain me. of salt and a potato and a picture of an apple Christ. and uh, a set of clues. And you have to put That's this to solve the solve the recipe. And then none of this you is make, true. You make it. And if you go to Blue Apron uh, backslash says who no, backslash mysteries slash thing. box slash no, free, no, no, you will none get of it. Uh, none of it. a potato thrown through your window. And a knife. Oh, not going to laugh at that. God damn it. And a knife will just appear on your bed. And that's their new offer. Did you miss it? No, I didn't. Says who is made possible by you. Walked right into it, Dan. I was like. <laughs> I it, never have not. It's like I was the roadrunner painting the picture oh, of the train yeah. opening on the side of the cliff. I like, wonder if he's going to go. This it is up. how this is how gullible I am, Maureen. Mm. Apparently, well, you'll just be like, you know what is food like, and comes in boxes, and I'll be like, what, Maureen? Tell me more. Mm-hmm. Every time. Every time. <sighs> Says who is made possible by you through your every support. Every time. Every time. <laughs> through your support of our Patreon at Patreon.com/slash/says-who. For a hundred episodes, our theme music is performed by Ted Leo. Ted Leo. Thank you, you, Ted. Ted. We do. And for a hundred episodes, we have thanked and loved Darth for designing our original logo. You can contact us at Says Who Podcast on Twitter. You can email at hey, that is H-E-Y, at sayswhopodcast.com. You can join the discussion on Facebook at slash group slash says Whovians. Our Facebook group is moderated by Janice Dillard. Join us next week for our 101st episode. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Brett. I don't know why that's so funny. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, God, I don't know why that's so funny. <laughs> join us next week. <laughs> For our hundred and first episode. <laughs> it's just factual. Yep. <laughs> but it's really funny. Mm-hmm. Oh boy. Uh, spread the word, subscribe, and please leave stars and reviews on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. Hey, Maureen, you are going to be out in the world at the end of October. Is that not correct? Yeah, but I can't remember when or where. <laughs> I wrote it down for oh, you. It's going right. to be October 26th and 27th in Austin, Texas for the Austin, for the Texas Book Festival. Is that Austin? Yeah. Oh, okay, good. I know. Austin is good. I, we I were just it was, in Austin. For I thought a week. it was Houston. I've been saying Houston, so that's good. Nah, same thing. When you have a when you have a Philly accent like that, Austin and Houston sound very similar. 
Uh, and also in October, I will be at the American Writers Museum here in beautiful Chicago in conversation with Annalie Newitz, who has an Ooh. amazing book coming out about time travel and punk rock. I'm so fancy. I'm dancing. I am. You can join us on August 28th for impossibly our 101st episode. That's right, Scrooge. 101. 101. <laughs> hey, Dan. Amy Carter's shoe. This would not have been a special 100th episode without you. You know what? 101. That's another thing. You know what else is 101? How is what? 101? That's how many sperm Joe Biden left oh, in his boss. 101 little swimmers. 101 little dudes. 101. Oh, 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 God. And if I play my cards right, I'm going to catch a fishy. <laughs> I'm literally on the floor right now. I'm gonna catch me a fishy. Oh God. Oh God. That's right. Oh. Oh. Don't need no fishing pole. Oh God. Oh no. Come here, little fishy. Oh. Come to mama. Oh. Oh my word. Hey Dan, do you ever yeah. see those those paddle balls with the long string that you could go and the balls attached with the elastic yeah. and go <laughs> Yeah. You know what you know what that's like? <laughs> what? It's like his taint and his scrotum. You could just do that <laughs> if you shake him up and down. You just take about Joe Biden and you shake him, and that's what happens. Oh my word. Thunk, 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 thunk. <laughs> it's a lot of fun. <laughs> it's a real good time fun game. Oh, my chest hurts so much. Good old fashioned fun. <laughs> oh, we call God. it screw tennis. <laughs> thunk, 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 thunk. <laughs> That's right. Oh. I don't think Beto scrotes like that. It's rather <laughs> all tight and close. Oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> I don't have time for that. Uh, I can't breathe. He's got it all oh. up there. All snuggly-wuggly. He's oh, like, he doesn't want to run over it with a skateboard. So he keeps it up top. Hoping it's gonna end. Whereas Joe, he can sling oh. it over his shoulder like Santa. That's what I like. What do you think Beto Scrotum looks like? I don't. I don't think about scrotums like you do, Amy Carter Shoe. You think I try? Why not? I try to pay. I, I, I got other things I got to do in my life. Like what? Like uh, just things. Uh huh. Is there a way to get Maureen back? 
so we can end the episode now nope. before, she's before gone. my chest actually collapses. She's gone, Dan. Oh, no. From Maureen's apartment in New York City. Come, baby, Curtis, you. And from my basement in Chicago, I am Dan Sinker, and this has been the hundredth episode of Says Who. Thank you.